This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Julia Marsh. She is the CEO and co-founder of Sway. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you doing? Oh, really good. It's it's great to meet you. I'm excited to to talk with you. I've heard great things about your company and what you're doing, but I'd love to hear your story. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into this crazy business? <laughs> crazy business. I'm a designer by trade. So I spent about a decade building brand and packaging systems for consumer goods companies, for design studios, technology companies. And oh. usually I was the person responsible for bringing the materials and oftentimes plastics into the equation. So very acutely aware of. A lot of the challenges that brands face when they're trying to move away from plastics and was prompted to just ask this question, you know, what's a designer's role in protecting the planet? And that's how I came to found Sway and how I came to better understand a lot of the challenges we face as, as yeah, we're, we're moving towards more sustainable packaging. That is a great question. And it is a great point. Whose responsibility is this in the long run? Is it the manufacturer? Is it the designer? Is it the consumer for buying the product? Is it the municipality for allowing that material to be made? You know, there's this question comes up all the time. And the answer is, well, that depends, I think. Yeah, uh, it's it's everybody. To hear your thoughts. Yeah. I think waste is a design flaw. And I think a lot of people agree on that. You know, yeah. there's some study that said that 80% of all environmental waste is determined at the design stage. And there wow. are some particularly good examples of poor design decisions that directly lead to a lot of the largest problems. The one that we focus on at Sway is thin film plastics. Bags and wrappers and pouches are designed to last forever when they're often used for a matter of moments. And I think that that's possibly the most emblematic of just a poor design decision. Um they make up a, yeah, they make up a ton of waste. They can't be recycled. They fill in the natural spaces. So that's really where my head's at. But there's so many good examples of just, yeah, poor, poor design and good design being kind of the, the answer for, for that harm. Right. Yeah, well said. And I'm, I'm interested to, to hear about Sway and what, what you do that's different than that. Can you tell us about your company? Yes. So we are a startup, a biomaterials company based in California in the Bay Area. And we use the natural polymers that are abundantly found in different types of seaweed to replace thin film plastic. And we make these compostable replacements that are designed for existing infrastructure. So working with the plastic industry to convert over to home compostable materials. The reasons that we work with seaweed are many, and I know that we'll get the chance to talk through (laughs) them. Yeah. But at a super high level, like, We are very inspired by the circular economy, as most of us are. And when you look at those three principles within the circular economy, designing out waste, keeping materials in use, and regenerating nature, as a designer, I was really interested in investing in that third pillar. And seaweed 
is possibly the most regenerative feedstock on earth and really enables us to embody that third pillar by embedding it into the material. Wow. That's a big statement. I love it. I'd love to hear that. I've heard really great things about seaweed, but I haven't heard it called that. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more about how you acquire this material and how regenerative it is and how sustainable it is. Can you can you walk us through that process a little bit? Yes. So first I'll ask, do you like seaweed? <laughs> what are what are your personal experiences with seaweed? As far as to eat it or in in packaging? <laughs> eating it maybe maybe finding it at the beach like mm-hmm. where where do what's you know temperature check how are we feeling about seaweed at the moment i think it's got a lot of potential especially <laughs> in the packaging space i'm hearing very big things from some some very big companies that are using seaweed as a packaging material so i'm very excited about it i think it's incredible incredibly important for the planet that's for sure and to to encourage the growth of it is one exciting part of this process, I think. Well, I'm glad to hear that's where you land. There's dozens of companies emerging starting to use seaweed as biomaterial feedstock, but most people just know it from sushi or just know it as, <laughs> as the sticky stuff that's on the beach. So <laughs> right. I always like to start there. Seaweed is a is a wonder material and I always like to remind folks the seaweed's been growing on this earth for about a billion years. And for a billion years, it's been providing nearly half the oxygen that we breathe on earth. It's been providing habitat for biodiverse life. There are thousands and thousands of species of seaweed. So much diversity grows on every coastline in the world. And our, our goal is just to extend the positive impacts of seaweed. What's really cool about it is that you can farm it. And it's been farmed for hundreds of years for use in sushi and, and pharmaceuticals. And it's used as a thickening agent, a bunch of different cosmetics and in ice cream and all, all sorts of things. What makes it compelling and as a feedstock is that it, you don't need fresh water and you don't need arable land. And it grows really fast, like up to 60 times faster than land crops. Wow. But then in addition to that, it has the, these ecological and social benefits that I was describing, where it's encouraging biodiverse life, it's sequestering carbon, it's generating oxygen, it's purifying the ocean. And at the same time, seaweed farms provide millions of jobs to coastal communities, really climate mm-hmm. resilient employment opportunities. So there are practical economic reasons for investing in seaweed farming and seaweed as a feedstock. And then there are also these wonderful climate benefits as well. That's exciting to hear. Now, this might be a crazy question, but is the seaweed farmed in the ocean? Oh, yes. Do they make, do they pull it out and and have like pools of seawater near the ocean? I should have started there. So seaweed is farmed in a variety of ways. Uh, Our favorite and the way that we source our material is by working with responsible ocean farmers. So envision, depending on the species, it's, it's grown in different ways. But the easiest to explain is there is a rope. It is bathed in baby kelp spores. That rope is suspended between buoys and the kelp grows down like hair. Oh wow. That that's one method. Other types of seaweed regenerate every three to four weeks. So you take a little 
essentially a little branch of seaweed. You adhere it to a little string and it grows into an adult seaweed. And then you take a little sprig and it grows and it grows and it regenerates over and over and over again. Very low input, really high reward. And then when you harvest it, you're either giving it a haircut and drying it (laughs) on the beach or you're just taking some of those, those, those adult or fully formed seaweeds that can be then regenerated. You can grow seaweed on land in big pools. And Mm. that's how it's done, especially in California along the coast and in Mm. Oregon. We try to work with ocean farms because that way we're contributing nutrients back to the ocean and we're providing a lot more opportunity for biodiversity. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero waste. If zero waste packaging interests you, Please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. I like that. I was watching a show on Netflix the other day with Zach. I don't remember his name. Zach Efron. But, yeah. <laughs> and they were harvesting seaweed for feed for cows. Mm-hmm. Because, and you probably saw this show, because they, it reduces their methane output by 80%. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. Seaweed has all sorts of uses. So while historically it's been primarily a food source, especially in in Asia, there are all these emerging solutions that are grounded in new science related to, yeah, helping curb methane emissions in livestock, looking at alternative protein sources. So there are like these emerging alternative meats that are being developed derived from seaweed. And then there's, and then there's the packaging as well. So lots of, oh, and, and fibers, which is a space we're excited about as well. So looking at alternatives for some of those harmful plastics that make their way into our, into our apparel. There's a lot of stuff seaweed is really good at and a lot of, (laughs) a lot of new demands. Yes. (laughs) You, you, You held your sweatshirt. Is that made out of seaweed? Not yet. Not yet. But it <laughs> In will process. Huh? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's exciting to to replace some of the, the polyester fibers and things like that with a more natural product. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And with all you, this new demand, I think the concern often is what happens to the ocean and is the ocean. Maybe I'm I'm <laughs> taking one of your questions, but oh, go for it. A, a lot of folks become concerned. Why are we extracting this? resource from the oceans when it plays such a critical role. And that's our concern as well. And there is such a thing as wild harvested seaweed, where you're literally just going into naturally growing beds of seaweed and harvesting it. And that can be done sustainably. It's just not what we do. We work with farms. And those farms are really highly traceable. So we know exactly what's happening in the water and on land. We have community models and cooperative-led models that we're excited about, where we're able to work really directly with the folks on the ground to understand exactly what's happening and 
avoiding any kind of risks of of like threats to natural ecosystems or any threat to natural food security. And then we also diversify the types of seaweed that we work with. So we're not just focused on one species. We're constantly trying to tie our success and our scaling with the success and health of the ocean. And I can talk more about that at length, but I just, yeah, yeah I, I, I would share that concern hearing this idea and not maybe yeah. knowing too much about what was happening behind the scenes. Oh, that's fascinating. And I, and I want to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of how it's made, but I have a, a one more follow-up question. You're, you're down in California and there's some serious flooding going on right now. Yeah. Does that affect the, the farms of seaweed? We work primarily with farms that are based in on the east coast of the states, oh. as well as up in Alaska, and then throughout Central and South America. Unfortunately, in California, it is harder to get a permit to farm seaweed than it is to extract oil. So there are not there is not a huge amount of seaweed being farmed along the California oh. coast. It's kind of a surprise, you would think, with California being so environmentally focused on mm -hmm. at least for packaging i mean we hear constantly all the laws are changing this is you know this is illegal now this is you know there's new new changes you would think that they would encourage this it comes from a good place a lot of these permissions are around farming seaweed are related to conservation and restoration of kelp forests along california's coast i grew mm. up in a carmel a couple hours south from the bay area oh wow spent a lot of time in tide pools, spent a lot of time checking out <laughs> kelp forests. And unfortunately, over the past couple of decades, several decades, there's been a boon in the urchin populations, which have oh. decimated vast portions of these kelp forests, which are vital habitats for a lot of, well, hundreds of species. So the reluctance to farm seaweed along the California coast is tied just to, to a lot of these provisions to better protect and restore those kelp forests. Mm, interesting. Well, that, that sounds like a good reason. I'll buy this that. This is becoming the marine <laughs> marine biology podcast, not the sustainable packaging podcast. It's all, it's all intertwined and it's so important. I want to hear some, some kind of high level processes. So mm -hmm. you let's say the the seaweed's out of the ocean it's it's dried now what do you do with it after that Sure so seaweed is rich in polysaccharides or some species are are especially rich in polysaccharides which are essentially the natural polymers that are present already within different types of seaweed mm -hmm. and what we do is we work with partner farms and partner processors to extract those polysaccharides into a powder form, which we then mm. use in our formulation. So my team develops valuable material IP that essentially combines that seaweed substrate, that, that polysaccharide, with other natural additives, sugars and starches. And then we can either cast or extrude that formulation into films, which we then turn into packaging. And here's kind of an example of, of our films. This is a roll of seaweed film. Oh, wow. Is that a shrink film or a stretch film? This is designed for poly bags and oh, okay. shopping bags and other types of thin film packaging. We can also create colors and textures using the seaweed. So oh, wow. this Beautiful. is 
Yeah, colorful and maybe conveys, I'm made from seaweed. We're doing a lot of <laughs> customization work with partners right now to kind of tell that story. That's really cool. So it's it's ground up and it becomes a powder and then you mix it up and into pellet form or something that can be melted down into the extruders or the blow molding or the other machines, right? There's a number of ways that we can design our formulations to plug into existing plastic infrastructure. So the idea is develop a portfolio of materials that helps address these various plastic challenges, starting with film and starting with conventional film production equipment and then expanding from there. That's really exciting. So most of that material that would make poly bags that I've worked with in in my career is called linear low density polyethylene. What would you call your material? It's very similar to an LDP. E or an OPP. That's the foundational material, but it is entirely bio-based and primarily seaweed derived. So it's a, a new generation of materials in that in that family. Interesting. So it could be, could it be recycled with low density polyethylene material? It's designed for compost. So right. you want to mix it in with your food scraps, put it in your backyard compost bin, industrial compost. One of the founding reasons for focusing on films is just the incredibly low recycling rate and the high likelihood that these materials float out of landfill and into natural mm-hmm. spaces. So having visited MRFs here in California and just knowing that thin films are pulled out of recycling facilities already, yeah. we thought this was a particularly good application for a bio-based solution. Very, very true. Very, very important to remember that low numbers right now with that plastics recycling and hopefully that improves. But I I really see this as as a as a part of the future of the solution. So do do your customers make sure that they are informing their customers of what to do with this material? I think communications is the key to getting folks on board with new materials and new systems. I, I have a design background. I love an opportunity <laughs> to to message, to bring yeah. folks into making making them feel like they're a part of this environmental movement, maybe even if they didn't care before. So creative storytelling, in addition to just really prominently saying, this is seaweed, please put me <laughs> in the compost bin paired with the the appropriate certifications, TUV, BPI, et cetera, I think is how we both dispel a lack of trust, a concern for greenwashing, as well as just increasing the likelihood that the material actually gets composted. And part of that is consumer education, but the majority of it falls on the brand to appropriately match the material with an application that's likely to get composted. So the Holy Grail's food packaging. And on that pyramid of likely <laughs> right. to be composted, food packaging is right up there. And that's where we're headed. It's more intuitive and user-friendly, I think. And when you say food packaging, you're talking about maybe a stand-up pouch or what kinds of foods would, would be appropriately packaged? Pouches, wrappers. I'm thinking my dream <laughs> How I'll know that Sway is successful <laughs> is when we've when we're packaging like a Snickers bar wrapper. That's my dream. <laughs> Multi-layer laminates. Oh, I'm so excited. Like if we can do a cliff bar or a Snickers wrapper, yeah. that is that is success. I'll be happy. I'll talk to my friend that works at, at the Cliff Bar Company. He's please. 
He's a brilliant man, a seat, just, <laughs> just an incredible person. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. I'll mention your story to him. He would love that. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, especially these snacks and, and candies that we take out into nature when we're on backpacking trips. Yeah. We're out in nature. Why are we generating stuff that could potentially last there as waste forever? There's a, a great kind of inherent synergy to, to packaging materials, again, that are or products that are meant to only last a few moments in a material that's also designed to decompose into, into natural residues. Yeah. Absolutely. Very true. And important concept because we spend so much time focusing on barrier properties and things like that, that we forget about end of life sometimes for this packaging materials. Mm -hmm. We, we need it to be recyclable or compostable or reusable or something like that. Well, you just touched on something that we're excited about, which is within this new wave. And I'm curious if you've encountered this in some of your, your conversations, but within this wave of new materials, there's end of life, there's also afterlife. And some packaging substrates like the Ecovative's mycelium styrofoam actually offer nutrients to soil as it decomposes or decomposes within compost. And that the same is true of our seaweed-based substrates. So we've actually tested the NPK value of our films to see what are we giving back to a compost and is there any incentive for a composter to adopt our material and we found there is so i hope that this next wave of materials considers not just being neutral but actually being a positive and giving back in kind of an afterlife that's how you truly complete the loop that of the of the circular economy and, and regenerate nature agreed and it's something that's often forgotten i think there must be a value to the material at the end of the life and whether that material is valuable because it can be recycled or because mm-hmm. it, it, it can add new nutrients to the soil or those things are absolutely, in my opinion, the future of sustainable packaging. Well done. Oh, thank you. We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's an important concept. Composting hasn't really taken off in a way that, that we thought it would, but mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it still could. But it has to have materials like this that that makes sense to right. to to that make it worth the effort to collect them mm-hmm. and make the municipalities encourage them to use this material and same for backyard composting that's the quote right there i i love that yeah what what do we do to make it worth folks time i think composting is an inevitability but we do have to design for that inevitability i just posted my podcast with a gary from pila which owns the lomi brand which that that machine is incredible. I don't know if you've seen that. Are your yes. materials Lomi certified? <laughs> They're not Lomi certified, but they je- definitely will be. Yes. Good. Good. That's something you can you can do. You can get certified by them to be used in their machines, which is really cool. And we've been a big fans of their machines. You know that the average American produces one pound of food waste every day. It's horrible. Yeah. Wow. If we weren't in the packaging space, we would be focused on food wastes. Like 40% of all food ever produced just goes to landfill. It's insane. I want to see the big Lomis in front of a Target or something. Like I want giant Lomis everywhere, processing all this stuff, capturing all of it. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Well, and they have a new model that will be used in restaurants. Okay, awesome. This is exciting and it runs in perpetuity. So you just plug it in and you turn it on and you just add 
food scraps to it and it shoots pellets that are, are soil additives and they're just wonderful. So you're, it's coming. I it's think, coming. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to see brands like TerraCycle having, you know, recycling at grocery stores and, and big box stores and things like that. But alongside of that, I think you're right. I think there'll be compostable bins. When we're painting our vision of the future, this is a big part of it. Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody has a backyard and not mm-hmm. every, or a garden as, as they say in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, so we need to provide a spot for them to, to bring their stuff. So it gets back into the soil rather than into yep. the landfill. Amen. Well, let's do it. Let's make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Virtual handshake. (laughs) All right. Anything I didn't ask you that you wish I would have? I think, you know, the the main points we've covered, it's a lot about seaweed. It's a lot about making material that genuinely decomposes and creates healthy soil. And then the third piece is really about engaging folks so that they're excited about materials and don't see them as a burden, but rather as an opportunity. And so I just emphasize and kind of ask to leave on that note of new materials do a wonderful job of telling stories about a brand's commitment to making the planet healthier and looking out into the future and accounting for the long-term implications of their packaging usage. And Mm -hmm. with materials like Sway and a lot of our peers you're embedding ESG value into the material itself. So it's not just packaging, it's contributing to healthy oceans, it's contributing to healthy soil, and it's enabling a restorative supply chain. And there's so much power in that. So wow. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about it on this podcast. And I hope that inspires others to, to seek out these types of materials because they are everywhere. Excellent. Thank you so much, Julia. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Uh, thanks, Corey. <laughs> Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this podcast. If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And stay tuned for more. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.